podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube and podcast channel. We are back with another match preview, the second Champions League match preview of the season. Um, we're going to be playing PSG, as you probably already all know, but uh, we'll move get on to that in just a minute uh, and we'll get into that good stuff. My name's Scott, I am your host for this one, and this week I am joined by Daryl, Andy and Daniel. Daniel, mate, how are you doing this evening? I'm great, thanks. I have a game of football myself in a, just over an hour's time, so I'm excited for that, although I'm hoping that it's still a little bit warm outside. It's starting to feel chilly in my house. But other than that, I'm grand, and I'm really looking forward to this game. Nice. Yeah, hopefully it's it's uh, been quite warm here still, but it's uh, starting to cool off a bit, hence the jumper. Uh, Andy, mate, how was your curry? It was divine. I'm glad I'm not playing football in, an, in under an hour's time. I'd be struggling a little bit. It was a prawn butter chicken, uh, and I've finally learned how to cook rice properly. So it was it was a oh, triumph, nice. I have to say. But uh, yeah, rice machine. Well, you yeah. Rice, did you cut the bag and put it in the microwave for the right amount of time. No, <laughs> properly done. <laughs> right measurements and everything. I don't have a rice cooker because I've only got a little house, but uh, I don't want to go off paste already talking about food. It's been 10 seconds. So, yes. Uh, yes, this football, is not Canny We'll save we'll the food, food talk for Canny Chatter. Uh, Daryl, mate, how are you as always? Uh, I understand you've been trying to get some shirts printed today. Yeah, I had a quick trip up to the, the club shop a few hours ago, but I left it a little bit too late because they were about to close, so they weren't doing any more printing, but it's ready to go and I'll get it done on Wednesday, I think, when I've got a little bit of time on Wednesday morning. Um, otherwise, I'm good. Uh, really looking forward to the game. Trying not to get emotional about it because it brings back so many vivid memories for me. Um, the last time we played at home in the Champions League was my very first game. So it's I'm trying to keep my emotions in check because it's getting a bit too much as we get closer. What game, well, was, it? What game was it? Who, yeah, what what game was it was Bayer Leverkusen at home and Alan Shearer scored a hat-trick, so not, not that bad a first game to have. All right, wasn't it? <laughs> my first game, well, I tell you that. Well, Daryl composes himself. Why don't we have a little word from our sponsor? The Gallagher Shots Match Preview is brought to you by Magpin. Magpin are the go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enamel pin badges of Newcastle United players, legends and retro kits. For more information, visit their website at magpinbadges.bigcartel.com. Right then, so as I said at the start of this, this is the match preview for the second game of Group of Group F. It is Group F, isn't it? Uh, against Paris Saint-Germain, PSG, Paris, whatever you want to call them. I'll just call them PSG because I don't like putting on a dodgy accent trying to say mm. Saint-Germain. Um, it's on Wednesday night, 4th of October at St. James's Park, 8pm kickoff under the lights. Um, Daryl, mate, as you've mentioned, this is our first Champions League game at St. James's Park for such a long time. It's the return of Champions League football to the northeast. Now, never mind just Newcastle, to the northeast. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about it? Ah, oh, like very emotional, definitely. Um, I mean, you're going, you have to go all the way back to February of ooh, 2003 for that last home game in the Champions League. And 
as much as it was lovely because we won it and everything that surrounded it, we did end up leaving the competition at that point as well because a couple of games later we didn't get the points that we needed um, to, to go through the group. Um, but, I mean, the excitement for this game has been building since the draw was made. Um, everybody's going to be ramped up for this. We've seen everything this week that's been leaked with uh, the seller drones that have been doing little bits of displays. There's a couple tonight as we record to, to finish off their little bit of promotion for the game. Um, I can't wait to be in the ground on Wednesday to feel it, to experience it. Um, I feel like it's it it could well generate an out of body experience. I think for a lot of people, wow. I think it's just going to be that special. I think you're already having it, mate. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Way I we're in there already. But I think I think it's just going to be so special. I think the place is going to be ramped up to another level that we. I don't want to say that we've ne- we haven't experienced for a long time. I think it could well be to a level that we've never experienced before. That's how massive this is going to be for us all. Yeah, I mean, Andy, we've seen a few little sneak peeks from all flags over the past couple of days. You know, they're asking people to get in a little bit early, not as early as the club are asking you to get in, but, you know, get in a bit early so that you can all enjoy the atmosphere. Um, are you looking forward to the war flags display? Are you nervous for that? Are you more looking forward to the game? How are you feeling towards this one? Well, echo everything Daryl said there. I cannot wait. We've obviously been on our knees for decades about wanting to get back to where we belong, getting back on the big stage, and it's around the corner. We're there. We've obviously played in the Champions League already this season, but away from home, it almost felt otherworldly, like it wasn't really happening. It almost, mm. not pre-season, obviously, but it just didn't really feel like it was happening. And then I don't know if you can cast your minds back to when the Olympics were held in London. And we all got excited that Messi might be coming to St. James's Park mm. with Argentina for the Olympics. And stuff. But we're just at the level now where they're coming to St. James's Park to play against Newcastle in a competitive game. And all of the eyes of the world are going to be on it. I just, I cannot wait. Atmosphere-wise, it's going to be unbelievable, yeah. I, I think, I can't obviously say it's going to be the best atmosphere of all time, like Daryl's just said there for Newcastle. <laughs> but for a generation, it will be. Uh, I'm of a generation yeah. who started going to the games in that sort of late Bobby Robson era. And we've only really known misery with that little sort of light at the beginning of the tunnel mm-hmm. um, that we've all been looking back towards. But now we're, we're going to get there and there's just going to be such a, before the game, before we know what's going to happen, there's just going to be this, such this sense of expectation and pride that we're there and we're doing it. Um, so, yeah, the display will be amazing no matter what they do. Sell a Skynet drones, great. Can't wait to see that as well. Um, uh, yeah, and then the football will start and then we've got to just, it's just 11 guys against 11 guys and then we, we go again. Um, yeah, buzzing. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. Uh, Daniel, mate, you were obviously in uh, Milan for the for the AC game. Uh, Looked like you had some pretty swanky seats there. I, I'm not going to lie, I saw some of your videos. Um, <laughs> And you're going to be there on Wednesday as well, I understand. You've got a, a seat in the Gallagher end. Uh, yes, Dan, the session far less swanky. However, I wouldn't want it any other way. It was nice to have the swankiness uh, <laughs> for what it was. But I also, it's actually my favourite area of the stadium before it got sort of changed to the, the stand. And if, I, if it was like the old days where I could choose where you, where you would sit, that would yeah. be where I'd like to sit. It's got, the, for me, the best atmosphere in the stadium. So I cannot wait to be amongst that particular set of nut jobs in the crowd it's going to be amazing uh, i'm so excited for it and I, I would say i think a lot of fans might be nervous going into it mm-hmm. as well come tomorrow um have a couple of beers try and settle down and i would really urge everyone to try and turn any sort of 
anxiety or nerves into excitement. We weren't expecting to be here. Last year, if you asked anyone, would you take... People were saying they'd take top eight and a cup run. And yet here we are against Paris Saint-Germain, Kylian Mbappé and co. Just try and take a four it is. One of the things that I saw happen in Milan was clearly, other, other than hangovers kicking in 10 minutes after kickoff, <laughs> I felt emotionally exhausted after that game because I just allowed myself to drink it all in. And I know that's going to happen with so many people as well. And that's what these nights are for. Yeah. I'm not going to get them every year. At the same time, if you feel like um, you want to be a real participant in the crowd, try and channel that nervous excitement into just pure excitement. Otherwise, come half time, you're going to be, trust me, you're going to be knackered. Everyone will be a kid by half past 10 because <laughs> what a rush. Oh. Yeah, oh. it's well, I'm going to be watching. <laughs> okay, it's, got there, me, it's got me going already, mate. It's got me going already. <laughs> I'm going to be watching from my sofa here in Amsterdam, and I'm insanely jealous of all of you for getting there. Um, I did try and get a ticket and a flight, but uh, I could have got the flight, couldn't have got the ticket. Uh, I didn't. Mm. wasn't successful in the ballot. Hopefully, I can get to Dortmund uh, or to Milan. Uh, yeah, home games, of course. Um, but maybe I'll go to Dortmund away. Who knows? Anyway, we'll move on to the game. And uh, Daniel, sit with you, mate. PSG haven't had a, they haven't had the best of starts this season in the no. league. Uh, three wins, three draws. And one defeat, uh, 14 goals scored with six goals against them. I think they were held to a nil-nil draw just this weekend, gone by yeah. bottom of the league. Um, Claremont. And Claremont, yeah. Um, obviously, their form in Champions League group is different. It's only been one game, but they are top of that with one win with a 2-0 victory over Dortmund. Um, we've just been looking at some of the stats beforehand, and obviously, you know, we've got you on because you are, you know, our Champions League man. Uh, in terms of you know the, the content you do for this channel, what are we expecting from PSG in terms of a, a play style? In terms of you know, I've I've kind of noticed that they have a lot of shots, but only a few are actually on target, um, and obviously they, they tend to convert those few that are on target. Uh, yeah, what can we what can we expect from a, a team like Paris Saint Germain? They've been really difficult to predict recently, and it's not just because of the results, but because of personnel. So when Neymar and Messi leave and you've got these two massive holes and the front three never really worked anyway with those three. Um, the big boots to fill, but they generated so much of the play because the midfield isn't great. They've massively stacked up that defence. Their defence is way better in terms of personnel. So they've got a lot of experience there, but their midfield struggles to control games. And when you look at the quality of midfielders, they've even tried bringing in players like Lugar from Portugal, who um, is a really good holding midfielder to try and dictate some of the tempo. But when you're struggling in the French league to control games through midfield, it's always a worrying sign. The goal basically is to give the ball to the wide men if they can overload on the right-hand side with Hakimi um, and Dembele, then they'll try and do that and then force balls into the middle. And, and you're right, instead of focusing on quality of chance, it's often frequency of chances that they're going to go for. Uh, they've signed Mawani up front, so people may know him as the guy that missed that 98th-minute sitter in the World Cup final, whatever it was. Um, oh, wow. Might even have been extra time. I can't remember if it was the last minute of normal time, the last minute of extra mm. time 
whatever it was, uh, signed um, from Frank Frankfurt. He was unbelievable last year. He had an outstanding season in Germany. So he's going to be a main threat. They've signed Gonzalo Ramos, so we were linked with him. He's the guy that scored a hat-trick for Portugal in the, in the World Cup. He came from Benfica for a lot of money, but he's struggling to get in the team at the minute. He's not had a great start. Mbappe has been injured as well. So he got injured a, a couple of weeks ago. He's back, but he is he's, he's definitely playing with an injury. Do you know a bit like how um, when Bruno was playing with that ankle injury, right. we don't kind of see it. Yeah. But what is that bad without him at the time? It's kind of like you've got to play him. Mm-hmm. They're in that similar situation with Mbappe. So if it wasn't for our injuries, there wouldn't be a better time to play them, I don't think, without a fully fit Mbappe, but them trying to shoehorn him into the side. It just so happens uh, we've got a we've got a few problems of our own to contend with. For this game, I think they're largely going to be overwhelmed by us at first. I think our midfield is going to be far too strong for theirs. I think our tempo and our intensity is going to be far too strong, especially at home. However, they have players with just so much more experience than us. And when the time comes, I think they'll grow into the game. And if they get the opportunity to start overloading their right-hand side, our left, it's going to be a tough watch for us a lot, I think, come that uh, come that second half. Yeah, Andy, you've been, you've been looking at some of the players to watch. Um, obviously, Daniel's been through a few of them, um, but it does seem to be they're very, you know, heavy on that right side when it comes to you know trying to create their chances obviously we all know about Mbappe and injured or not he still causes a threat uh, he still poses a threat sorry uh, we'll see just how how well he does uh, against the likes of Dan Byrne and maybe Fabian Cher or um, who was the other one Jamal Lascelles we'll see how they do but were there any players that you kind of picked out a go okay we need to maybe keep an eye on them and they'll pose a real threat to us yeah, I think anyone who knows a little bit about PSG knows how unreal Hakimi is. Um, he's basically a right-back in name only. He is just a flying right forward, effectively. He's, we saw him in the World Cup. He was the main man for them. He was basically just up front for 90% of the games in the World Cup because of how good he is going forward. Yeah, I can't really say any more than what's been said um, other than the games I've looked of theirs recently. Um, they had 21 shots against Claremont. They were really, really wasteful. And I watched a breakdown from a PSG fan, and he said that he was sick of them trying to score TikTok goals is what he said <laughs> and he said what they were trying what they constantly doing is getting to these great positions where Mbappe can just roll in Dembele for an easy finish and he'll just try and nutmeg someone or try and go for a lovely FIFA finesse into the top corner uh, and they're just not doing the basics so obviously I don't watch them uh, as much as, as some but that's what I've seen of them is that they are quite wasteful game against Dortmund um, they really took the game to Dortmund but Dortmund let it happen if you look at the, the team they put out, they put five five at the back, didn't really try and engage with the ball at all. Um, and PSG just thought, well, this is ours for the taking. Um, and even though Dortmund got a little bit of joy going the other way, they didn't impose themselves on the game at all. So it's going to be a completely different prospect for them. Um, like Daniel yeah. says, they won't have played against a team with the level of intensity that we have, not only because it's the Premier League to the French League, but in the Premier League, we are probably the most intense team of all the teams. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, obviously, all the talk is Mbappe versus Trippier, but that right-hand side is potentially a worry. Um, and... I'm interested to see how the other Hernandez does because obviously um, 
I think this what this is Lucas Hernandez, isn't it? And it's Theo who's at Milan. Um, Theo had lots of joy down that left hand side, mm. so I'm hoping it's not deja vu because I'm getting uh, lots of PTSD from that Milan game where we were <laughs> constantly under the cosh. So threats all over the pitch, but we we're here for a reason. We've just got a yeah. same game plan as always. Go at them. Two, uh, I think the, two very different players. Thankfully, you'll you'll yeah. find that. Um, like Lucas is a is a better centre back than he is a left back. I always find it weird when he plays left back. I actually think Lucas Hernandez is the best centre back in the world. I, <laughs> it's cool. Very. I know that's a big claim, but I actually do think he is. But he'll be um, he'll be a danger from set pieces opposed to open play. I think it's more likely. I mean, I still think he'll get forward. He's capable of it. But I think it's more likely when Hakimi bombs on, they'll tuck to make a bit of a three. Uh, because so Mbappe just like a bit of a lone a lone ranger on the left hand side, effectively. Yeah, well, Mbappe will try and cut. And, Mbappe doesn't want to go on the outside either. You'll you'll go inside. Like I think if Lucas Hernandez gets forward, it'll be to support Mbappe in that way, opposed to Teo Hernandez will pick the ball up inside his own half and run fifty yards with it. Well, we saw and that. Then it, and then whip <laughs> the ball in the box. You'll whip the ball in the box. Lucas isn't really going to do that. You'll get up to support him. It's a bit more like a. Like a Dan Burn, if that makes sense, where the up there to support the Dan Burn doesn't whip crosses in, you'll then you'll you'll provide a give and go option or or yeah. something like that. But for, but from set pieces, he'll be a, him, Skriniar and Marquinhos are going to be a massive threat going the other way. Yeah, I think the the other thing, just touching what you said, Andy, about you know in the last game, PSG's keeping beyond the front foot. They were at home, and that is worth mm. bearing in mind that. You know, they're coming to St. James's Park, which for a lot of these sites is an unknown. Um, obviously, they've done their research, but until you're out there and until you're in the in among that an- on the animosity, slope. you know, yeah, and also the slope, playing downhill, playing uphill, however you want to play it, um, it might take a little while to adjust. And, you know, as as, uh, as Daniel said, an early, you know, kind of early parts of that game, if we can get on that front foot and make an early goal, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, we could be buzzing by half time, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Daryl, mate, you've been taking a look at the officials uh, for this one. Do you want to run us through? Is it Mr. Hernandez Hernandez? No, it's Hernandez not. Hernandez it's, Hernandez. It's, it's not Mr. Hernandez Hernandez again. No, bring him so, back. Um, <laughs> the the core of the referee team for this game is from uh, Romania. So we've got a team of Romanians on the pitch. Um, so the main man in the middle referee is Istvan Kovac. Uh, he has recently been a fourth official at the World Cup in Qatar. He didn't really get any games in the middle of the pitch, so he was more of a fourth official at the, at the World Cup. Um, but he's rated very, very highly in the referee circles, and I think it's fairly confident that he'll get games at the next tournament in the Euros. Um, some of his stats from last season, he had uh, 34 games that he was a referee in, he was official. Uh, he dished out 172 yellow cards and 11 reds in those 34 games. Um, doesn't sound you know what it is the yellow card sounds like a lot when you spread it over 34 and I think we I don't know how it breaks down as to how they like if like Mr Hernandez Hernandez I think had dished out two or three in one game in that Seville derby so it'll be interesting to see um, and then so he's assisted on the line by um, it's Vasil Florin Marinescu and Vidu Artent I think I've got them right I hope so my pronunciation's not the best for Romanian um, and just before we came on, I, I, I thought I recognised the name of our VAR official, and it's the same man who was the assistant VAR for Milan, and it's Marco Fritz from Germany. 
Um, so another, he's got a second Newcastle game in as many Champions League match days. This as long week. as it's not the assistant VAR from the Liverpool Spurs game, I think. No, thank, well, thankfully it can't <laughs> be that. Um, yeah. And his assistant is a chap called Rob Dieppen, what is it, Dieperink, and he's from Holland. Yeah. So that that's our team for the game. Um, like I say, the, the man in the middle is rated very high and he's very experienced official. So it'll be interesting to see how he manages the game. Yeah, like 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 uh, Andy's just said, hopefully better than the British officials. Uh, well, let's put it this way: with the with the the, um, the the famed radar offside that we have in the Champions League, they'll not be making any decisions like that. That is true. Well, let's move on to Newcastle. This is a Newcastle podcast, after all. Um, boys, I, I don't like to say this word, and I, I'm trying to not use it, but we've got a lot of players injured, haven't we? Um, this is probably the worst time, Daniel, uh, to have. Some of the big names, Sven Botman's, Joe Linton's, Callum Wilson's even, um, just not able to feature. Um, do you think a lot of these injuries are as bad as they are? Or do you think it's mind games for Ready Howell? We might see a sneaky, you know, Callum Wilson on the bench. I wouldn't put anything past Eddie Howe. He's um, a bit of a compulsive liar when it comes to press conferences. Oh, yeah. That's an understatement. <laughs> um, that being said, I think from rumours from inside the club, it's yeah. uh, Botman feels very out. Wilson feels like he could be there off just a gut instinct, which is going to be important because Isak will be tired. Chase, if he's got to chase shadows like he did against AC Milan, and like yeah. he has done it, um, at Man City away, for example, then he's going to be very tired come 65, 70 minutes. Uh, yeah, Sven Botman's... A massive, massive blow. I thought Jamal Lascelles played very well against Burnley. Uh, with all due respect to Burnley, didn't have too much to do. Uh, that being said, last season when he played against Man City, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, other mm. than the first four or five minutes where he let Gundogan have that header, I actually thought he was our best player away at Man City. Last he season. took um, he took out um, Harlan with a really heavy tackle, but it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a legitimately fair tackle as well. But he, there was a, a very nice thud. Made when they made contact with each other, as as we as I heard from the downstairs in the away end of Man City last season, it was very pleasing to hear. Two big lads coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's obviously uh, not ideal. Not ideal, especially when Botman plays left side, and you're after him covering for Dan Byrne. Get it? Arguably, he was going to get mercilessly abused against <laughs> Like that is his worst nightmare for Dan Burn in terms of the player profile that he is and who he doesn't want to be playing against. Joe Linton's a really interesting one because I feel like this could have been the game where we saw the return of left-wing Joe Linton. Gordon on the right, and basically it's Joe Linton's job to just track Hakimi, mm. stay with him throughout the game, bully him, that would have been an amazing thing to see. And then with Elliot Anderson playing left-sided centre-mid, he could obviously do his grunt work, but also then move in as a natural left winger to occupy the space that Hakimi leaves behind. I feel like tactically that could have been such an important thing for us. And it's been taken away. It is going to be interesting to see what what we do. Is Eddie going to stick with how Eddie does things? And that's just, you know, play his best team and not worry about the opponent, which would be Gordon left side and then Miggy or Murphy on the right. Or is he going to play someone different on the left, play Gordon on the right? So Gordon's got a free run at Hernandez, who wasn't going to go too far forward, and then play a Murphy or an Almiron on the left purely to do doggies with Hakimi. 
because you don't want Anthony Gordon, who is, I think for me, he's been our best player this season. You don't want him in our own half helping Dan Byrne for the double up. Yeah. I feel like that's not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the other big question for the middle, Andy, is um, Bruno, Tonali, both. I think I think Sean Longstaff's a given. I think he starts. <clears throat> yeah. um, it's I think it's a toss-up between either Bruno and Tonali with Anderson or it's Bruno and Tonali. Um, it seems to have worked a little bit better than it had done at the beginning of the season over the past couple of games where they've been shoehorned in. And I'm saying shoehorned in because obviously I don't think Tonali was even supposed to feature at the weekend had it not been for Joel Linton going down within 90 seconds of coming on. Um, but what are your thoughts of the middle? Like, What, what do you think is going to... How do you think it's going to play out with that lineup? Yeah, that's a million pound question at the moment, isn't it? I think um, I think I agree with what Daniel said there. I think we definitely would have seen uh, Mr. Linton in there had he not been injured. Um, yeah, Longstaff out of nowhere. Longstaff is our is our best player. He, he needs to go straight back in there with his his engine, his intelligence. I think Eddie trusts him tactically more than any of the other players in his squad. He's every time he's asked about him, how says he's intelligent. He understands the game. He knows what we want to do. And I think for a game like this, where the, that small one or two percent you need tactically, you know, Longstaff's going to give you it. So I think he needs to play. Um, I think we need to just go. I don't think we obviously. We can't be stupid. We need to pay attention to PSG's strengths, but we've seen Dortmund try and just completely change their entire system for PSG, and we can't be doing that. We've yeah. we've been so good because we've been so consistent in our approach to every single game, whether it's Burnley or Man City or whoever it is. So I think, yes, Longstaff, yes, Bruno, um, because Bruno, again, he seems to have got around his 10-year ankle injuries. Had. He seems to be a lot better now. Um I personally would play Tenali because we've brought him in for these games. And even though he clearly isn't quite at the level he wants to be at, and I, I don't think he's quite getting it tactically yet in terms of when he needs to go. Is he a number six? Is he a progressive number eight? What does he what does he need to do? We've brought him in for these games. He is one of the players with genuine European experience and he's that X-factor player. So for me, he starts. I, I think I would have... Um, him and Longstaff is the, the two a bit further forward. Bruno is the holding one, even though we know that's not really his best position at the moment. He probably is our best defensive midfielder, even though we probably want to be seeing Bruno further up the pitch. Um, and then we, we've just got to outrun them. We've got to be stronger than them. And when we get those little moments to break, we just need that first and second pass to be incisive because we know we can hurt them. Um, like we've said there, there are going to be gaps. Um, and yeah. we just got to hope it's not like certain parts of last season where we were getting in these good positions and fluffing it. We're not going to get many chances um, on Wednesday. So uh, fingers crossed they can do it. Yeah, and, and I think obviously up front kind of answers its own question. I think we've, we've only really got Isak, Daryl, so it's going to be Isak we're playing there. Um, we'll move on to predictions um, because we have a member's prediction this week. Uh, and if you cast your minds all the way back... To the first match preview of the season, we had a prediction from uh, Mike uh, from uh, I can't remember where he said it was from. So I think he was in Wales, but he's back with another prediction. So here's Mike with his prediction for this game. What's going on? This is Mike Fortgess. This is my prediction for Newcastle United versus Paris Saint Germain. I think it will be two-one to Newcastle with a very close game. I think we'll get a late winner and. It will just be an amazing atmosphere. Obviously, it always is at St. James's, and I can't wait to see what happens. And I'm insanely jealous. Hope everyone has the best time. And yes, how are the lads? 
So they have a two-one victory, Daryl. Um, and obviously he's he's just like me, and he's insanely jealous of everyone who's going to be there. Um, but we'll all be cheering from. Oh, our thanks, own. Mike. I will have a lovely time. <laughs> Daryl, do, do you agree with Mike? What's what's your predictions for this one? Um, just to so I'm I'm still in the air about it, Reed, but I, I totally agree with everything that Dan said earlier, and I think it's all about the midfield battle. Um, I think it's all about how it, we need to get our grip on this game early and we need to put in maybe a couple of hard tackles fair hard tackles and just make sure that we're where presence is felt and that PSG know that we're here and we're not here to be messed around with um and it's it's going to be really tight affair I think um it could be I don't want to put it down to anything in in the atmosphere or the crowd I think everybody will be up for it so if anything that'll be the thing that helps us get through this um when I was thinking about it originally, I thought maybe it would be another draw just because of the quality that PSG have in attack. The more I'm thinking about it, I think we probably have it within us to grind out a narrow win. Um, and I, I actually do think it could be something like a 2-1. I can't. I don't even want to go down the route of goal scorers because I actually thought, when I found out that Wilson was injured on Saturday, I just thought it was Kovacu he would start this week. And I almost felt as if he would anyway because of the fact that Isaac's now played <coughs> two straight games in four or five days and he is going to be knackered but again he provides something that's totally different and something that could hurt PSG on a counter-attack um, and no I, th- I think it'll be a narrow I th- I'll go with the narrow win but I think it's going to be a case of how we start and it's we've got to put in that effort first we've got to make sure that PSG know we're here Okay, two wins from our predictions so far. Andy, are you as confident? Smashing these. Easy win. <laughs> Dan, Dembele, zero completed dribbles at the end of the game. <laughs> Kiwi, 40% pass accuracy. Uh, no, uh, I'm not that confident. I actually think we will get off to a great start. And I'd, I don't know the ins and outs of PSG and their hierarchy and the, the dressing room dynamics, but I think they're going to be in for a real shock when they come here. Not saying we're going to walk over them, but I think they will really have to get out of second gear. I think they'll start the game thinking this is just your standard away Champions League game against a pot four team. We'll just crack on and we'll do the business. I think we're going to really get off to a mint start. <clears throat> and if, we, if we're on our game, which I think we will be, um, and we get off to a good start, I think we can get a, a two-goal lead in this game. Um, and then I think PSG will have to overcommit, and that's when the chances will come. So I'm, I'm actually going out on a limb and saying we're going to keep a clean sheet in this game. Um, it won't be easy. I think Pope will have to work hard, <laughs> and I think the goalposts will have to work hard. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I, don't know, I don't know why. I just got a really good feeling. I don't know whether it's the hype. I don't know whether it's the drone show. It's making me it's go got to crazy. His head. It's got to his head. Yeah, I've already had one can, but it's. <laughs> I think the heart's racing so much that I'm just confident. I just think we're going to do really well. And do you know what? It's one of those things where if we don't get off to a good start or we just don't put those chances away and then PSG go through the gears and then they get the goals, whatever, as long as we go out there and just make them a bit nervous and make them have to play the game that they don't want to play. Um, if we have Mbappe twisting on at the ref 20 minutes in, that's that's almost a win. Um, so I think as long as they go out there and make us proud, I'm happy. But on the flip side, smashing these, easy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I wasn't expecting this. Daniel, <laughs> are you going to bring me back down to earth with a bang or are you going to send me even higher? I'm going to bring you gently back down to earth. Uh, <laughs> I actually agree with Andy. I think that we're going to go off to a flyer. I think we're going to, I, th- I genuinely think 
we can go in at half-time 2-0 up. What I think is an issue is when you watch Paris Saint-Germain with the profile of their players, they've got World Cup winners in their team, multiple World Cup winners in their team. You see this a bit with Real Madrid, where early doors in a season or early doors in the Champions League, the, the struggle. A couple of years ago, they got beat off Sheriff, Shakhtar. They got battered in the first half last year against Celtic and second half had to come out and because Celtic couldn't score. Then it went in 3-0, but the first half, Celtic could have been 2-3-4-0 up. You get that effect. Sometimes these players get bored, the human beings. That could be a big factor in terms of our intensity and how they approach the game. But just because they do get bored in the French League, I think they pick themselves up for these kind of games. That being said, one of the things that I've sort of noticed with us is mentality in big games. You saw, I think Bruno for the GQ interview said that they were all really scared in the open 20 minutes at the San Siro. Uh, the League Cup final, we weren't ourselves. I think Man City away, we weren't ourselves. When Liverpool went down to 10 men, we weren't ourselves. You see that when expectation is there or chance are there, I think that is something that you can only learn with experience. And I think we're going to get genuinely get go two goals up and not know what to do with it. And I think mm. in that moment, when you have players like Dembele, who I've actually often slagged Dembele off, but he's, he's been playing really well. He's been their best player the last few games for PSG and he's building a bit of momentum. When you've got Mbappe even on one leg, when you've got their threat from set pieces, I can see their mentality growing throughout the game as we sort of fumble. Uh, so I'm going to say, I think it'll either be, I think it'll either be two-two or three-three. I think we're wow. on for an. I think we're on for a classic. By the way, genuinely, I, I don't want a classic. I want it to be nice and easy. <laughs> I think there's going to be a few cardiac arrests in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> no, there will be. be. That's happening. It's going to be the polar opposite to Milan. Arturo Vidal's going to come out and apologise to us for what he said after that game. <laughs> uh, I think, in, and again, we've got a factor in our back four. is likely going to be Dan Byrne, Fabian Cher, left instead of right, Jamal Lascelles and Kieran Trippier with Nick Port in goal versus Mawani, potentially Goncalo Ramos off the bench, Mbappe and Usman Dembele and Hakimi. Like, it's... It's a wild game because of the injuries, and I think that's going to open everything up. Wow! God, I hope it isn't two all out or three all because uh, do you, do you yeah, I'll be swimming over the uh, channel. Just get on the island of two. Yeah, the way he's just said that, Dan's just said about it being a three-three makes me think of Man City at home last season, and it could be something along those lines. You could say it mirror that, and to be honest, yeah, I wouldn't complain if it did. I'd rather they. I'd rather we're going to start warming up now. If it's going to be like, it's going to be like that. I'd, I'd rather we make them work hard for a win than just sit back and roll over like, like Dortmund sort of did in the, in the first match day. I'd rather we made them work for it. Well, I think your confidence is rubbing off on us, everybody. <laughs> I wasn't too confident going into this, but now yes. listen to you talk and listen to you know, listen to what people have been having to say. I'm kind of swaying. I don't want to say two one. Because other people have, but I, I do think it'll be. I, I agree with you, Andy and Dan. I think we'll go to maybe even three goals up first half because we'll catch them off guard. I think the atmosphere will get them off guard, and I think just the way that we play, our intensity will will just catch them off balance a little bit. And I think yeah, maybe it's two. Well, I tell you what, I'll go for three one. I think we'll take three 
three goals in the first half, and then it's going to be a nervy from 40 minutes till 98 minutes, how much injury time is going to be. Uh, it's just going to be non-stop battering at the door from PSG. They're going to nick one, and that's all they're going to get. Uh, so I'm going to go 3-1. Mm, nice. Well, there um, you have it. If you want <laughs> come <excellent>. on. <laughs> it, gets, it gets you excited, doesn't it, just talking about it. It's so strange. Um, who knows? It could be a boring 0-0 draw, um, or it could be an exhilarating 0-0 draw, just like the... Uh, the Milan game was. Yeah. But we will wrap it up for that one. Obviously, let us know in the comments below if you agree with our predictions. Let us know in the comments below if you agree with anything that we said. Or if you disagree, let us know. Uh, if you've liked this video, scroll down from it, hit the little thumbs up button. It feeds the algorithm and it lets other Newcastle and Paris Saint-Germain fans know about this video. I'll try and put French subtitles. No, I'm not putting French subtitles up. <laughs> you just learn English in school. You'll be able to understand what we say. Um, if not, use the YouTube closed captions. It does pretty badly with the Geordie accent. So have fun <laughs> listening, reading that along. Um Whilst you're there, though, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to be notified when new videos go live on this channel. Um, I've no doubt in my mind there will be a reaction to this PSG game. Um, I think we're also going to be doing something with FIFA tomorrow, uh, and a few of us are going to be playing the game on the new EA24, whatever it is, so look out for that. Um, can he chat? I'll be back this week as an audio-only podcast. Uh, Daniel, you've got a couple of... Uh, fan, uh, probably too late now, but the fantasy football um, Champions League. You've got two podcasts for day one and two, yeah. um, alive on our channel and on your channel as well. Um, and yeah, if you want to go one step further, we do have a membership program. Mike, who give us our prediction, is one of those members. He pays us two ninety nine a month to get early access to these videos, access to the Telegram group, and the opportunity to feature on a video to give us their predictions. What more could you want? Um, yeah, I think I think I'm now insanely confident in this, and I, and I think we're going to smash them. Thanks, Andy. Um, <laughs> another eight nil. It's another eight nil. Eight nil. Wow. Yeah. PSG. PSG. Neil Poir. There's your. There's your friend. There's your friend. If it was eight nil, I think I'd die on the spot. Do you know what? I kind of wish the game was tomorrow or like now. Uh, yeah, and not now. in a couple of days after, when we're recording after talking about it. But <laughs> we will be back with more videos on this channel. Uh, like I said, hope everyone enjoyed this one. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Andy. And thanks, Daniel. I'll let you get off to your football match. Uh, and we will see you all in the next one. See you later. Bye, Bye everyone. Podcast Network.